God's grace and his mercy and his peace be given to you, and they are. They are guaranteed through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's a word we're going to be looking at uh, through these next four weeks, that word guaranteed. It means someone is saying, on my honor, this is my word. You can trust it and take it. I will do what I said I will do. Guaranteed. We're going to look at four different guarantees that, that Jesus Christ gives us. And tonight, from this story that is in Luke chapter 23, the guarantee that comes to you from this story is this. Guaranteed, you are loved unconditionally by God. Guaranteed. From Luke chapter 23. Two men, both criminals, were also led out with Jesus to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, there they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. You have to wonder what it was like up to this point in time when we meet this man who is on a cross just to the right of Jesus. And biblically, he's known as the penitent thief on the cross, isn't he? You have to wonder, what was his life like leading up to that moment? What was his home life like, his, his childhood? What was it like? What were his parents like? How did his parents treat him? Was he bullied in school? Did he grow up? not knowing whether or not he was loved and so developed a rebellious attitude and finally his parents, after having enough of his rebellious attitude, finally said, that's it, you're done, you're out of here, you're on your own. And then he was left to fend for himself and maybe had tough break after tough break following that. You know, really, not that we can ultimately get away with blaming who we are or what we have become either on our circumstances or on the gene pool that we came from. But sooner or later, everyone needs to do this for who they are, what they have become, what they have done. They have to hold themselves responsible for it, and they have to hold themselves accountable for it which is exactly what this man did. Now you've got to wonder, you've got to wonder if ever this man had experienced unconditional love. On the cross that day, he did hold himself accountable for what he had done. He did so when he spoke to the other thief who was crucified on the other side of Jesus, who had joined in mocking Jesus and belittling Jesus. He said to him, we are getting what we deserve. You got to wonder again. Had he ever experienced unconditional love.
unconditional love. I like to put it this way. It's being loved warts and all. Warts, warts. You know the ugly facial things? Warts. You get them on your hand. Warts and all. Unconditional love. It is being loved just as much when you are at your worst as when you are at your best. Unconditional love. It is being loved after you have done something so terrible as much as being loved when you've done something that was so honorable and so good. That's unconditional love. It's, it's also on the part of the person doing the unconditional love, and it is also this. Unconditional love is wanting for that other person the absolute best that that person can possibly have. That's unconditional love. And it takes it one step further. Unconditional love is not only wanting what that would be best for that person, and only what would be best for that person, but it is also inclusive of that person giving and giving and giving as much as they can so as to make it happen for that person. That's unconditional love. It's also this. It is love that is given without any thought of it being returned. There are no strings attached to unconditional love. There is no hidden agenda to unconditional love. It is not dependent upon the person receiving the love being able to give something back to the one who is giving them the love. Unconditional love is given and given and given with no thought or regard of ever getting anything back from the recipient. That's unconditional love. Do you see an act of unconditional love before you in this story? And do you see where the unconditional love is coming from for this man? It's coming from the guy in the middle, isn't it? The man on the middle cross. The unconditional love is coming from Jesus. Now before I ask or answer a question that I'm about to ask you, and here's the question. Isn't what you and I see on the cross, isn't what this man saw on the cross from Jesus, isn't this the absolute guarantee that God's love for you and me is unconditional? Now, as I, as I said, and I got a little ahead of myself here, as I said, before I answer that question, there is a pitfall to that question 
that we need to address first. Here's the pitfall. Let's not you and I, let's not you and me, correct grammar? Okay. Let's not you and me think that that man on the cross, that penitent thief on the cross, is the epitome of the worst of sinners. In fact, don't make that judgment on either guy, either the one who was at the right hand of Jesus, who was penitent, or the guy who was at the left hand of Jesus, who was not penitent. Don't make that judgment on either one of them, that they were the worst of sinners. Don't do that and then draw the conclusion that because Jesus showed them unconditional love, he certainly will be able to show you unconditional love. Because after all, if he could show it to them, then he can show it to anybody, to those of us who aren't quite as bad as those two men were. Here's another way to put the pitfall. It's to think that we're not in the same company as those two men were. It, it's a little bit like I was telling our confirmation class just a few moments ago before we started worship. Don't think you're not on the list of sinners. There are several lists in Scripture of sinners, aren't there? Like Paul in Romans goes to talk about those who are, are adulterers and homosexuals and murderers and, and on and on, and how they are under the wrath of God. Don't think that because your particular sin is not listed there, that you're not on the same list. And because you're not on the same list, it's easier for God to love you unconditionally than it was for God to love those two guys unconditionally. We're on the list. We're each poor and we're each miserable sinners. Because you see, the moment we make it that they were worse and, and so because God could unconditionally love them, well certainly this is my guarantee that he's going to be able to unconditionally love me because I'm not as bad a sinner. We are then turning God's unconditional love into a conditional love. That it's based on the condition that I'm not as bad of a sinner as those guys were. Which is far from the truth. Paul says in Romans, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're all on the list, aren't we? Or as it says in Psalm 14, the Lord looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there is any who understand, any who seek God. All have turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There is no one who does good, not even one. Do you remember this hymn? 
pardon my singing. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Another ensuing verse of that hymn goes something like this. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day and there have I as vile as he washed all my sins away. Remember early on noting uh, how the thief owned what he had done and, and who and what he was? Somehow, and, and, and most likely it was through the words that were spoken by Jesus, but then too, in, in my, what I would call, sanctified imagination, I, I can't help but think that there had to be some more conversations going on between Jesus and this guy. I mean, if it wasn't for the nails holding their hands to the cross, they could have reached out, touched one another but that especially through the things that Jesus was saying on the cross, the penitent thief came to understand that God's love for him was unconditional. When Jesus said things like this, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. That flowed from unconditional love, didn't it? And the very fact that Jesus was there on the cross between them, he came to realize flowed from God's unconditional love in those words. And right there before his very eyes was his guarantee that God's love for him was unconditional. It was the Christ crucified on the cross right next to him. That was God's pledge. That was God's statement of honor. That was God's guarantee that his love for this sinner was unconditional. Now, I I, I find it, I find it both stunning and yet comforting that in his very worst moment, when this man was exposed for all that he had been, when he most certainly had to be going through in his own mind, how could anybody love me? When he had to be having all of those self-doubts about his being able to be loved by anyone, that it was exactly in that moment that he was given the guarantee that God's love for him was unconditional. And it is the same for you and me. In our very worst moments, when we are filled with self-accusations and self-doubts about 
How could anybody possibly love me if they only knew all that I know about me? How could anybody possibly love me? You and I are given the same guarantee of God's unconditional love as he was. It is Christ and him crucified. That's your guarantee. That God's love for you is unconditional. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.